0: Welcome, Cracker Barrel family. This is another edition of Barrelcast. So, for newly promoted district managers, going from one unit uh, to multi-unit is a real challenge. As a single operator, they can directly observe the challenges. When you get into that multi-unit role, it's, it's more distant. Why is report analysis so much more important at the DM level? than it was previously?
1: Yeah, that, that's, a, that, that's a great big question. And, and I'll tell you, it's, a lot of it is because you're not there, right? So, uh, you know, when you're a general manager or an associate manager, you're in the store five days a week. Uh, you're seeing the behaviors happening right in front of you 10 hours a day. You may be looking at eight or nine shifts are being uh, seen by the general manager. So they're able to see behavior. So most of the reporting that a GM looks at is lag reporting, right? So that's the reporting that tells us or reinforces what happened. Uh, So when you're looking at labor reporting um, uh, the next day, or so you look at a daily labor tracking, or you look at uh, the dashboard uh, or flash metrics, uh, any of the reports that we utilize more frequently, uh, really what you're looking at is a recap of what happened, right? So, Um, It tells you, uh, you know, how many many guests did we satisfy versus not satisfy? How many dollars did we generate in sales volume? How did we do selling incremental items? So a lot of that reporting is lag reporting, very helpful at the unit level and at the district level. Um, But uh, at at the store level, they really have the opportunity to see the behaviors happening day in and day out. Um, at the multi-unit level, you don't have that, right? So if you've got a seven-store district um, and you're in stores four days a week, uh, it's, it's very possible that you could go two weeks without being in a store. And when you do go to a store, uh, if you factor in uh, drive time and you factor in uh, you know the amount of work that DMs do at home before they actually go to a store, uh, most DMs probably won't be in a store much more than seven or eight hours. So now you're talking about an eight-hour block of time for one store in what could be a two-week period of time if they're spreading their visits out. Uh, If if you factor in block scheduling on the weekend uh, or you you factor in meetings or uh, an admin day or anything of that nature, that only spreads out the number of times you might be in a store, right? So it could be even fewer than two weeks. Um, It could be every three weeks you might get into a specific store.
0: Especially with a a spread-out district, right? Some people have a nice pack together. Some have travel, and that's going to complicate it as well.
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I I can remember when I was a DM, my furthest store away was probably about an hour and a half to two hours. Um, I know district managers now that are three to four hours away. Heck, if you look at uh, a guy like Gerald in, in, California, he's got, he's got to get on a plane to go to another store, right? So, um, so you know, that, those, those visits get further and further spread out, which brings the need for that reporting piece um, to understand reporting and to look at reporting differently. Um, it, it becomes even more critical now for you. So now it's not just looking at the lag portion of the reporting, the, the information that you can gain from it, the past performance. But now you have to start to use that reporting to predict future performance. So it becomes lead reporting, right? So um, if you look at, and a great example of this, by the way, is um, CBX, right? So uh, CBX reports come out monthly, right? It's our guest loyalty. Um, And so when our guest loyalty gives a response as to how we performed, it gives us an indication as to what's going to happen in the future for us. So um, a store or district that performs very well in CVX overall satisfaction or uh, both off-premise and on-premise, if it's a very good score, then that could mean increased volume the next month down the line, right? So uh, we do a great job this month, more guests are going to use us next month. Just makes sense. So now do I use that reporting to say I've got to increase my staffing number? I've got to increase the number of to-go people I'm putting on because my business is going to improve. I'm going to have to prepare for increased traffic because I'm doing a great job. Um, and so, and that's not something that is you know that's done naturally. I think it become it, that's something you got to learn, right? right? So you got to got to learn how to use your reporting both for past performance to to evaluate past performance but you also got to learn to use that same reporting to give you an indication as to what's coming, right? And where where you should be working. And then what are the both, both intended and unintended consequences of your actions? So, you know, it, it's interesting when you when you start to think about uh, your beer, wine, mimosa, right? So we get reporting on how we did, uh, but the question shouldn't be, you know, why did we why did we perform such a way? It's what are we doing now to improve performance? Right. And so as we improve that performance, uh, we're going to start to do things that will impact other results. Um, and the impact of those other results, so it's, it's very much a ripple effect. So if I work on beer, wine, mimosa, and I focus on server hospitality or presenting the bifold, and servers preventing the, presenting the bifold, and managers in the dining room doing um, table audits, my CBX score is going to go up. And when my CBX scores goes up, we've already talked about it, but we're gonna we're gonna improve traffic next month. So now I've got to have better staffing. So um, every action has a effect on the future. And it's not necessarily just in the areas you're working on. It could be in, in you know peripheral, in the peripheral, right? So yeah, it, it, understanding lag and lead lag reporting and lead reporting is critical to a DM. Um, and it's and it's probably the most underutilized tool at the DM level uh, because a lot of DMs are out there trying to do what they did as a GM, which is observe, right? Get into a unit and see what's happening. Um, and that that's not necessarily the best way to go about it.
0: So how does a district manager decide their district focus then, right? It's no longer, I want to put my eyes on it, hands on it. Uh, individual store, how do they make mm-hmm. that decision for, hey, what's the district we're going to work on? Because the stores are going to be in different places, right? They're not all going to right. have the same level of problem all across. That's just not how it works.
1: Yep. Yeah. If, you, if you're lucky, right? right? So if you're fortunate, you got some good ones, right? And you got some stores that you probably need to work on a little bit less. Um, regardless of that, that and again, that goes back to the biggest struggle between going from single unit to multi unit. Right, single unit you think one unit, multi unit you think in seven, eight, nine, uh, you know, heck, twelve in, in some cases. Right, um, if you're retail managers, you got to think fourteen. So uh, you know, you you so that mindset shift is what's important. So, if, and I think the best way to kind of think about it is this way. How many things as a GM, um, or do you think you can really accomplish? Right, and so you know, if, I'm, if I want to change behavior in a store, how many behavioral changes do you think I can really impact in a week uh, or a month?
0: No, um, two, you know, two, three yeah. tops. Right, depends in, yeah. on whether it's some low-hanging fruit or something, but not that many.
1: Yeah, if you're a high-powered GM, probably three. Um, and, and so if you think about most districts out there, um, you know, you may have one or two high-powered GMs that could do that two or three, to your point. But then you've got the ones that, you know, that they struggle to get to one, let alone two. Um, and so if you're a district manager and you're saying, I'm going to fix these five things, um, you've already outclassed, um, you know, a, a majority of your market. And, and then what ends up happening is your GMs start to choose which one of those five things do I like. right? right. You gave me a you, – you rolled out a buffet for me. Uh, you, you rolled out uh, labor and staffing and uh, incremental sales growth and execution and uh, ops excellence. And that's just a buffet of choices for me. This one's um, easier, so
0: I'll do this one because I think I can, I can get some movement on that one, so I'll pick this one.
1: Yeah, I'm really good at this. I'm going to go there, right? And, and and that may not be the one the DM really wanted, right? So the DM's got to prioritize in his mind, in his or her mind, and says, you know, look, I'm going to do X, Y, Z, right? This is the order, and if I get these other two, I'll be happy as well. Uh, meanwhile, the you know the the low lowest performing GM in the market probably picked the the lowest two because they were the easiest two maybe for them. So uh, so as a DM. I think it's really important to understand that you're you're always teaching, coaching, developing to the lowest common denominator in your market, right? So, um, and you've got to almost create a mindset for yourself that once you see something wrong, and you've got to fix something in your market, you got to fix that in every single store. Um, it's you have to assume it's wrong in all of your stores. Uh, now, the good news is is you're probably going to find that there's two stores that it's not wrong. in. Well, great. They're just going to get better at that component anyway, right? Good, to, be pieces good to great, of so to speak. Exactly, exactly right. So you know, and, and if you're if you're you know, as a DM, if you're drilling down into you know, let's say you know usage of ATS system, right? Um, and you've got two stores that are pretty staffed. They work their ATS system right, but if you really get granular and you start to go. You know, how are we doing? Are we using interviewing guides? Are we scoring the interviewing guides? Are we contacting applicants using uh, a a cell phone because we get an 80% hit rate when that happens? You know, you may find that even your best stores aren't getting that granular with it and have room for improvement. But your bottom performing stores, you're starting at zero. So everything you're working on is advancing that store as well. Now, here's the big plus, right? As a DM, I only have to focus on one or two things now. I don't have to f- remember, oh, I'm in this store. They're further advanced. I'm working at a different level. Or, I'm in this store. They're working at a lower level. You don't have to calibrate every time you're in a store. Right? You go into a store, and you get to be consistent. You get to be, for lack of a better term, boring. You go <laughs> in, and I'm going to check. You know, We're going to start at A, and we're going to go A, B, C, D. Now, in one store, we may get to E and F. But in another store, we only might get to B, right? right? So the good news is, when I go into the next store and I start at A again, I'm building uh, I'm building muscle memory for myself. I'm building muscle memory in my team. I'm being consistent, um, and that consistency breeds a level of you know competence, right? So people start to get good at what you look at. Every day I come in and I I go look at the the men's restroom. Eventually, you're going to catch on and clean the men's rest. Yeah, nobody
0: right? wants so, to fail, right? They, if, if I know how right. to win, I'm going to try to win.
1: Uh, you know what, Matt, knew, I'll tell you. The worst DM I ever worked for was the DM that came in, and I never knew what he was going to check. Right. You know, it was like, okay, look. I mean, and you kind of end up standing back and waiting for the, for the cue of, you know, okay, where is he going to go, right? Uh, okay, he's going that way. What's he checking? Uh, okay, oh, he's on food quality today. You know, and then the next day, it's, oh, wait a minute, we're on sanitation today. So it became it became a guessing game for me as a GM as to what I needed to do yeah. to please my boss, right? And inevitably, I ended up, you know, you end up stopping, right? Because it, it's, you know, I don't know what he needs today. So, and I'm not going to try to fix everything because I can't fix everything. So I'm just going to wait wait for him to tell me what to do and survive the visit. So that consistency that breeds that Competence, right? So in the end, with yeah, you end up getting confidence now in your team. They end up being proud of their performance, and when you have a team that becomes proud, now you can really gain some traction. Sorry, you said
0: no. You're good. So you've given us a couple examples. You gave us CBX, which really derives from both hospitality and um, effective shift management, the daily operations. You kind of you went into staffing a little bit. It doesn't sound like there's one single analysis process that a DM would use. It sounds mm-hmm. like what you're saying is that, based on the priorities you set, you're going to choose the analysis, what reports you're going to con- use, how you're going to connect those dots between them. Is is that the direction that you're suggesting?
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, so when you kind of. Um, but here's you got to think of being a DM is like very much uh, having a zoom lens right uh, on your face at all times right so there are times you're going to have to zoom in and get really granular right I want to see the details I want to get all the way in there but then you've got to be really good at zooming back back out and seeing the whole picture so you know one of the reasons that you know flash metrics is such a great report to start with um, and, and personally, that's my jumping off point, right? So when I want to look at, when I want to take a deep dive into a district, um, I go to Flash, right? And because Flash is going to give me um, sales, it's going to give me some traffic information, it's going to give me some incremental sales, beer, wine, mimosa, and beverage incidents. Um, it's going to give me some labor information. It's going to give me some execution information in service comps and voids, and manager unknowns. It's going to give me some retail sales stuff. It's going to give me ops excellence. It's going to give me food food cost. Um, so it gives me staffing. So it's going to give me really a full range of stuff, right? So if I'm looking at a store, looking at a flash, I can see in a hot second, hey, this store is down in traffic. This store is not achieving their sales goals. Um, and then I might see... Well, you know what, they're selling a good amount of BY mimosa, their beverage incidents are good. Um, their staffing is below prior year, right? So their staffing's a little low. And then um, I'm noticing that their service comps are a little high. So now it's kind of speaking to, well, I'm down in sales because I've got some execution issues potentially, right? Low staffing level, high service comps points to points to execution. Um, there's a little bit of maybe the staffing component in there. Um, but I can, I can confirm that, right? So I can go over and I can take a look at labor and look at overtime. So if I've got a low overtime number, that speaks to, you know, their staffing is okay. Um, so it's not a staffing issue. If they've got high overtime, that's another, you know, check, check in the box, right? That's another check for we've got a staffing problem. Um, you know, I go down to Ops Excellence, you know, and again, let's assume I don't have a blind NSF auditor. Um, if I've got a if I've got a high score, oh, boy, I've got a clean, organized store. Um, if i got a low score, I probably have a not-so-clean, not-so-organized store. Um, if I see food cost is off, that, again, speaks to some organization, lack of systems, right? So, um, so as I'm looking at that flash, I'm really able to paint a broad picture, and that's going to give me the ability to now – Zoom in a little bit, right? So I'm not going to zoom all the way in. I'm not going to go all the way granular yet, because that's gonna that then now I'm, now I'm searching for needles in haystacks, right? So I'm going to zoom in a little bit, right? So now I'm going to go. Hey, let me let's take a look at execution. So now I'm going to get out of Flash and I'm going to go to Tableau um, and I'm going to look at converting capacity, right? Converting capacity is going to give me another set of information that's going to talk about execution and staffing, um, and so then I'm going to be able to maybe zoom out of that and see, I may find out another direction I have to go. So yes, I'm going to use a lot of reporting. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes DMs make is trust the, trust the, 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 data points, right? Trust the stuff you're looking at. It's telling you a story. You just have to learn to read it and, and read it um, unbiased with an, un- with, with a, with a no with no bias, right? So you know, I think that's one of the the benefits of being an r v p you got sixty plus stores or you know sixty to eighty stores you know I, I you don't you don't necessarily look at it going oh no I know that gm i know that store they they run a good they run a good store i look at the number. it's bad it's bad numbers right the, the numbers don't work the numbers don't lie whatever you may think of the dm g m or d m for that matter the numbers aren't there so let's go. Let's go dig into it, find out what the real problem is. And we have we have the, the luxury of being unbiased about it. So I think when you're at a DM level, you you tend to have a bit of a bias where you say, no, I know that guy or I know that GM, that girl, and and, and she does a great job. So these numbers are an anomaly. Um, but uh, you get, you got to ignore that. Facts are friends. Uh, use the reporting and, and use it to say, I'm making an assumption, right? Um, my assumption is that this is the problem. Then you get to put your, you know, your, you get to go to the store and you get to validate, is your assumption right or wrong? And there are times you're going to go in and, you know, you're going to find that, no, your assumption's wrong. Um, that just means you've got to go back and reanalyze, right? Um, but more often than not, if you get really good at drilling in and, and zooming into the, the information, really good at uh, making great assumptions and you're going to go into stores and you're going to be consistent about what you're doing but you're going to you're going to go and find the problem that you've already identified by looking at reporting and now it allows you to be more targeted in the solution and again once you find the problem immediately understand that it's not one store it's seven stores and fix it seven wide right so yeah that's that's in my mind, that's that's the, the the skill that DMZ to learn is the ability to go from fifty thousand feet down to ground zero. So and it's, then go back up.
0: Yeah, it's right. it's more letting the data tell you the story, and you being open to hearing what that story is. Yeah. Yeah. I've got one more question for you. So once as a district manager, right, you've, you've done this analysis, you've let the data tell you the story, you've made some assumptions, you've gone in and validated and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I have the right idea of uh, why we're here and, and probably the direction to go forward. How do they interact with the GM to transfer that to get them to own it and work on it?
1: Yeah, that, that's and that's quite frankly, that's that's a great example of why I failed for two years. <laughs> so, because you know, it, it's funny. You know, you, you think about there's you know, and I've heard many times, right? There's two types of people in the world. There's people that listen, and then people that wait to talk. Um, and and so the people that wait to talk, um, you know, generally what they've done is they've already finished the sentence for the people that work they're they're talking to, and they they want to answer um, and. And that same thing kind of applies here, right? So just because you've done the analysis, just because you've done the research, and just because you know how to fix it, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have the right to go into a store, or the license to go into a store, and say, "Here's your problem. Here's how I see it. Here's how you fix it. Let's go to work on fixing it." Because you know, you you know, if you if you read the diminishers article that that. Uh, uh, you know, came out from Frank that you presented from Franklin Covey, um, it talks a lot about challenging your uh, your team to think, right? Uh, or to try a different way or um, really challenging them to think. So now look, good news. You you kind of know what the problem is. You've gone into a store, you've seen it, you've validated your assumptions, you know your rights. Um, that's where you gotta you gotta exercise a level of self control, right? Um, you know, your need to be right as a GM as a DM is destructive. Uh, trust me, I have I had a need to be right for years, right? I wanted to be the smartest guy in the room, um, and um, that what that does is that just suppresses everybody else, right? That diminishes all the people you're working with. So the challenge for you now becomes. How do you get them to see it, right? So um, really the best thing to do is to go into a teaching mode, or or in my opinion, right? The best thing for me is I go into a teaching mode. So I'm going to go and ask, I'm going to go walk that GM down the same path that I walked from a numbers standpoint and an analysis standpoint, and I'm going to teach that GM how to do what I did. Right? So how to because they have access to all the same reporting you do. So teach them how to look at a converting capacity report. Teach them how to look at a flash metric in a in a cha, in a challenging way. Teach them how to look at uh, dashboard and and challenge them as to what assumptions they could make looking at that information. Now what you got to be ready to do is you got to be ready to handle the excuses. Right. Oh well, you don't understand. I had. Uh, You know, we were short that day or we had a grill cook call out or whatever it was. Reasonable explanations for underperformance, but if you've really done your due diligence and you've looked for a trend and you notice a trend, um, you can work with that GM and get that GM to see uh, what is possible.
0: It's not just Um, a one-time thing. Yes, you did have this problem today, but what about these other days when the outcome is similar? That's
1: right. And so, if you're good at walking the GM to see that, right now you're in a position where you can now get them to think about not why did it happen, but what could we do to fix it, right? So back to back to Doug's comment of stop asking why, you know, go now to what can we do. What are we going to do to improve on this, right? How are we going to get better? And that's where, as a DM, you get to. Um, maybe guide uh, the GM into a place where they feel uh, like they have ownership in the solution. Uh, you know, one of the best things that that I, one of the one of the best things, one of the good things that I took out of the diminishers and the multipliers program was the concept of fifty one percent, forty nine percent. And I realize that kind of infringes on the fifty one percent hospitality, forty nine percent execution, which is exactly where we need to be living. But there's another use for the 51 and 49. The GM needs to have 51% of the vote. The DM needs to have 49% of the vote, which means that the DM doesn't get to make the decision. The DM gets to inspire. The DM gets to educate. The DM gets to um, support decision-making, give advice. But ultimately, the GM has to make the choice they get the voting power. They get to say, this is what we're going to do in my unit. If we take that voting power away from the GM, then it becomes the DM's idea. It's no longer, or, and, and the DM now has to work to get the GM to own it equally, which is difficult because they weren't part of the decision-making process. They, they didn't get a choice or a chance right, to make their own decisions. So if we if we challenge them to own it, if we challenge them to get fifty one to own fifty one percent of it. We have a better opportunity of them owning it more long term um, and affecting real change. The DM's job is to advise in such a way that inspires action and movement. And if they use the reporting that they have access to, they use their development tools, uh, they can do that and build. You know, a GM who is capable of now analyzing their own business and making decisions about their own business and advancing their own business in absence of the DM, which is ultimately what every DM wants.
0: That sounds like a lot more work than just uh, jumping in and doing it yourself because you already know how.
1: It is. It is. (laughs) And and by the way, it takes a little longer. It
0: takes longer, too. (laughs) I can see why the temptation to get your hands on it as a district manager is there. Um because before you had the control and, and now you're you're playing the influence role you're playing the uh, guidance and advice and teaching and and you can't just make it happen as quickly so I can understand yeah. that temptation for sure.: hey,
1: you want me to help the control freaks out because I can't Sure, go ahead yeah right? so, so the control for all the control freaks out there listening, guess what you get to own hundred percent of policy and procedures. Okay, you get to own 100% of recipe right. You get to own 100% of systems.
0: Yeah, I don't think I so, want that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so if you really need to control something, feel free to control mashed potatoes. Okay, <laughs> feel free to control bacon and meatloaf. Okay, and host execution. Uh, you can own that all day long. Um, and and that's, that's okay. So, and believe me, if we fixed all those things, we'd be in great shape. Right. So be consistent on the 100 the percent of the systems, the process, the recipe. Right. All that stuff that we don't have license to change. Right. So uh, we, we, we have to go and we have to be consistent with those things. Right. So I, we can feed both beasts, Right. So you got you got to feed the animal. It says I got to be I got to control something. OK, go ahead. Feed it. Go and do a recipe. Right. Check food quality. Um, but then when it comes to really working on behavioral change, that's when you need to slow your roll a little bit you need to get you know many hands you know accomplish more work right so together everyone accomplishes more we all believe in that we all know that okay now you got to you got to step back and you got to work to get those people to really do what's best for you in the unit and the organization
0: well, I thank you for your, your time today. I think those are some, sure. some fantastic words of wisdom, and I look forward to having you uh, as a guest to continue this conversation about, uh, particularly new DMs, but it really applies yeah. probably across their their career depending yeah. on what they're working on. So, thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a pleasure. Anytime, uh, you know, this is you know I get passionate about this stuff when it comes to working with people and, and helping people get better. Um, this is, uh, I'm happy to help in any way. It's, it's been a pleasure speaking with you this morning.